Welcome back to the latest episode of Corks and Crime. I'm Heather. I'm Natalie. Um, today, we are drinking one of our favorites. We brought back an old school favorite, um, White Haven Sauvignon Blanc, which is delicious. It's the best Sauvignon oh, Blanc. It's so good. Um, you can get it at Total Wine, our favorite store. And then I, I love to scan it on the Vivino app, and it says Grapefruit Citrus Lemon. And I always associate um, Sauvignon Blanc with grapefruit. Yeah, it's, so it's great. It, Whitehaven really is the best. It really is. Yeah. I think it's better than, yeah, all the ones I've tried. And it's New Zealand, which has the best yes. Sauvignon Blanc. Yes. If you have not, if you like Sauvignon Blanc or if you like a light white, definitely try Whitehaven. Yes, so which good. is more of like a summer, but I don't know. I was just feeling it for today. I am always feeling Sauvignon <laughs> Blanc. Always. Yeah, I'm never going to turn it down. No, never. never. Even in cold, cold Georgia December. Yeah, it seems to be rainy and gross, but I don't know. I was feeling it. Yeah. Um, we will be at CrimeCon 2020 in Orlando in May. Yes. And this week we purchased... TCO live tickets. Yes. We're going to see them in, uh, well, March 30th, right before. April 30th. April 30th. April 30th. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah that's okay. Um, April 30th, right before CrimeCon 2020. So it's perfect. We can see them two times in one weekend. I know. It'll be like, amazing. Yes. I'm like, they're just going right before CrimeCon. I'm going to cruise right over to CrimeCon. That was really smart of them to go ahead, like to do a tour there, you know, right before it gets one trip, like two trips, kill two birds with one stone. So we still don't know. They haven't announced the second half of their tour. So we don't know if they're coming to Atlanta or not. Mm -hmm. And we didn't want to take our, take the risk. We can't take the chances. I, when they posted the schedule though, I texted you and I like commented on the post and I was like, please come to Atlanta. And I was not the only one that mentioned Atlanta. Ah. So hopefully they are watching I hope so. their comments and maybe they'll come to Atlanta. I don't know though if they're going to be like crime junkie and do the same show in oh, more that's than one true. city. That's true. But I don't, I don't know. So in Orlando, the headliners are obviously them and then they have Robbie Chaudhry and Susan Simpson, which are uh, key players in Adnan Syed's case. Right. And if you listen to our last episode, you know who Adnan is. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I think that maybe that's going to be the center of their Orlando leg of the tour. Right. But I don't know. I'm just glad we're going. It's, it's locked in. We're good. Yes. I'm, I'm so, so excited. excited. Yes. So tell me about what you're watching on Netflix right now. You told me a little bit about it. Okay. So it's called The Confession Killer. Okay. I think it's a five or six part documentary series about Henry Lee Lucas. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's really good. It's basically like he claims that he killed like 300 people. What? Yeah. But then he he's convicted for two people for sure. Okay. But then he backtracks and said, well, I never killed those two people. The only person I've ever killed is my mom. That's oh what he God. said. Um, yeah. Um, so it's basically just about like exploring, did he actually kill these people? Did he not? Um, and he had a really low IQ. So like when Jonathan and I were watching it, I was like, okay, his IQ is very low. Like, is he really one of the most prolific serial killers right, there ever really was? Right, able to pull this off. Right, exactly. Um, so anyway, it's good. It's on Netflix. Um, we're not done with it yet, so I don't okay. have a conclusion to it yet. Um, but so far it takes a lot of twists and turns and it's very good. Ooh, I'll have to check it out because yeah. we need something to watch together. That'll be good. Yeah. Um, and then I'm still listening to Office Ladies and then you mm-hmm. said you had a story to tell me about the latest episode. So. Yes. Okay. So the latest episode was the Dundies. I think they released it earlier this week. Or, okay. No, I'm sorry. Last week. Okay. 
And, um, okay, so at the very end, they start talking about the Chili's owner. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. So I didn't know this. That guy was actually a real Chili's employee. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and didn't Pam get banned for life from yes. Chili's? <laughs> so that was that was part of the storyline because Chili's, like, I guess, read the script. Mm-hmm. And originally they said, yes, like, you guys can do it. We'll give you all of the merchandise or, you know, all of the logos and stuff so that you can take a restaurant and make it look like a Chili's. And then they got to the, the point where Pam is so drunk she falls off a bar stool and Chili's was like, no, we're not cool with over-serving our patrons. Gotcha. So, in like, they had to change the script, basically, so that they, like, that they banned Pam for life. <laughs> and it was the guy who is the real Chili's employee, he did such a great job at the end of it when he's, like, doing his little monologue about how... His talking head. Yes, his talking <laughs> head, about how um, she's never allowed at a Chili's restaurant again. Okay. And I just thought it was really cute that he actually works at Chili's. That's hilarious. I have to go back. I like listening to the um, episode on the podcast and then going back and watching the episodes. So yeah. I've been watching the um, Christmas episodes. Oh, And yeah. they're, they're so awkwardly great oh, and uncomfortable. Yeah. I love The Office so much. <laughs> Me too. And I, I love that they've brought it back and so making it relevant again. I mean, it's I always been in the back of my mind and always always making references, but it's been nice to be able to think about it again. And I love the insider intake on it. Yes. It, I, I love that. I feel like I learned so much. Jonathan, the other day, I was kept talking about it and I was like, guess what I learned today? And he was like, why don't you just let me listen to it? <laughs> like, chill out. Well, yeah, Jeff was being weird when we listened to it in the car. He was like, this is like so edited. And I'm like, so oh, whatever, that's fine. I know. But okay. he enjoyed it. But, it's good. But, you know, he doesn't listen to as many podcasts as I do. Yeah. And so when I'm listening, I'm like, this is great. I and mean, these are the office ladies. I love them. I know. So he's listening to other things. It's like, you know, the engineer in him. Right. It's okay. But that's just the way that his mind works. That's right. But when he did, you told me that he said that, and then I felt like I noticed some editing. <sighs> Jeff, don't be ruining it for everybody. <laughs> it's okay. It didn't ruin it for me. No. I just was like, oh, okay. I was a little more aware of that, but I'm not an editor. I don't... Well, nor is he, but his brain just works differently. <laughs> I know? So I, I didn't notice it, but then I kind of felt like, okay, we're doing a podcast, so like... Maybe it's nice to notice some things that professional podcasts are doing. Right. <laughs> exactly. Maybe if he would listen, he could give us some input. Yeah. Jeff, you out there? <laughs> Hello? Hello? <laughs> um, anyway, so today's episode, what are we going to be talking about? We are talking about Dean Fiello. Okay, so I'm going to start this off kind of talking about um, the victim mm-hmm. in the case. So Maria Cruz was a 35-year-old woman who immigrated to the U.S. from the Philippines in the early 90s. Um, she landed in New York, where she received her MBA from Fordham University and later worked as a financial analyst at Barclays Capital. Her coworkers remember her as being extremely responsible, so when she did not show up to work on Monday, April 14, 2003, they knew something had to be wrong. Her last known whereabouts were on April 13th. Um, she went to church, stopped by her office, and did some afternoon shopping before she vanished. The police learned Maria had made an appointment Sunday afternoon with um, Dean Fiello. So a little bit about her. She was apparently this little tiny thing that, Mm -hmm. you know, looked much younger than she actually was and moved over here by herself from the Philippines and was hugely successful. Extremely successful. Yes. Yes. Got this great job after graduation. 
Um, she had a disorder called black tongue and I looked it up and it's basically harmless, but it, I think it can be from different medications or different things. Um, and it makes your tongue look like it has like literally like black bumps or black hairs on your tongue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she was undergoing laser treatment, um, by a man named Dean Faello. Um, upon further investigation, the police found Faello had been charged in 1998 for possessing forged prescription and practicing medicine without a license. What they uncovered about Faello made them even more suspicious he might be responsible for Maria's disappearance. So tell us about Dean. Dean is uh, quite the character. So he dropped out of college and began working in construction. After a few years in the construction business, he got a job at a day spa where he became skilled at hair removal. Can we talk about that transition? You know? Yes, from construction worker to day spa. I mean, it seems very normal. Whatever. Yes. Okay. I would much rather work in a day spa than, than in construction, so I feel him on that one. Um, so in 1996, he began his own practice in New York off of Park Avenue. Um, and then in 1998, um, after his charge in 1998 that Heather just referenced, he served three years on probation. And he didn't learn his lesson because his professional website still claimed he had a Master of Science degree, which he didn't, mm. and that he was certified as a professional electrologist, um, which again, he wasn't. He once had a certification in that, and then he let it lapse. So yeah, I know like back in the late 90s, early 2000s, electrology was a thing more so than like laser hair removal before it became hugely popular. I think now you have to be an esthetician. Right. Which and, is, and I think the certifications are way more involved yes, than they used to be. Yes. And um, also there are some medical doctors who do um, laser hair removal yes, yes. under their license. Um, but he was also saying he had a master of science. (laughs) Right. You didn't, you couldn't even keep your certification up, let alone have a master's degree. Right. Okay. So then in 2002, he was arrested on three counts of practicing medicine without a license, but was released on bail with the condition he would not continue to treat his patients. Which is very disturbing to me. Right. Like I'm here acting like I'm, you know, certified, licensed, and I'm just going to get a slap on the hand. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, that, I mean, but also it's like, okay, judge, I promise I won't. I won't do it anymore. Like, he's clearly, well, we, we'll get more into it, but he's a con artist. Absolutely. So during this time, he also worked with the New York Attorney General to investigate two physicians for medical insurance fraud. Fiello ignored his condition of his probation and continued to see and treat patients in an apartment, what, <laughs> off 16th Street in New York City. Red flag. Yeah, in an apartment. That is so weird. Yeah, gross. So this is where Maria came to receive her treatments on April 13th, 2003. According to Fiello, before starting her treatments, he injected her tongue with lidocaine and she started convulsing. He then called a friend who was an actual physician, and uh, this man informed Fiello he needed to call an ambulance and take her to the hospital. Fiello ignored this advice, and Maria eventually passed away. He then stuffed her body into a suitcase and drove her to one of his homes in Newark, New Jersey. He kept her body inside a suitcase for six weeks before digging her grave in the garage and covering it with concrete. Okay, couple things. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, I'm so sad for her yeah. that this was a you know harmless condition. Of course, you would want to fix it totally because yeah. I'm sure it was very self you know she was super self conscious about it and you know she trusted him. 
Right. And also, I mean, basically, he injected lidocaine into her bloodstream. Right. And if he had acted immediately, he was too she scared. Could here, and yeah. she could still be here. Mm-hmm. But he didn't want to go back to jail because he was doing what he wasn't supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really, really, really disturbing. Yeah, it's really sad. And if he had actually been in a medical office right. where they could have known the signs of lidocaine toxicity and they could right. have treated her. and But she, she didn't. No, like this guy, right. she did her due diligence by looking on his website right. and checking him out and in the early 2000s. And, you know, anybody yeah. could have a very professional looking website. Um, so, yeah, it's just really sad. It's really sad. And, and, and how, he probably, he didn't know what he was doing. He's not a practitioner. No. So he's he doesn't know the risks of what he's doing. Right, exactly. Okay, so investigators were eventually led to Greg Bach. Greg Bach, excuse me. This is Fiello's longtime partner. When confronted with the news that Fiello may have murdered one of his patients, Bach remembered a strange concrete slab Fiello had poured in the house he sold on Elwood Avenue in Newark, New Jersey. On February 18th, 2004, police found Maria's decomposing body. Mm-hmm. After burying Maria, Fiello had fled to Costa Rica. The police apprehended Fiello five days after discovering Maria's body. I remember reading an article where he had said that like, he had become a freak about getting this concrete slab done before yeah. he closed on the house. And he actually walked in on him you know, working on all this. And he's like, what are you doing in here? Like, Get out of here. Mm-hmm. It's, ugh. Vanity Fair, um, which is where I actually got a lot of my research from, they did an extremely in-depth, in-depth yes. article about him. And um, Greg Bach spoke to the reporter a lot about how strange everything was around that. Like, right. they did a lot of interviews with him. And, I mean, he really was, like, responsible for bringing Dean Fiello to justice. Right. Like, the investigators did a great, did their due diligence. They were able to, like, eventually find him. But it's because of Greg that they, like, found Maria's body. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, this is just a little backstory. Dean, F- Dean Fiello was always a car artist. His website boasted he had trained other doctors on the art of laser hair removal and even told some patients that he was a dermatologist. Come on. Meaning that you went to four years of school, which you didn't, you dropped out, and then four years of medical school. Right, and then you did a fellowship in dermatology. Mm -hmm. Okay, sure you did. Liar, liar, pants on fire. (laughs) To others, he told them he had a degree in civil engineering, um, although he never graduated from college again. He's pretty easy on the eyes. He's black hair, hair and olive skin and always dressed the part of a successful Manhattan doctor, lab coat and all. Wow. Um, but he did have a nasty drug problem that probably fueled his fake practice. Probably. So um, after rumors spread Fiello had escaped Costa Rica, it didn't take long for the authorities to confirm he was there. He sent emails to a friend of his, and they pinged in the capital of San Jose. Oh, good job. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad that criminals are so dumb. Right. Great. So he was tracked down to a beach resort in the town of Samaria, 120 miles west of San Jose. <laughs> he had been drinking <laughs> beers poolside and hitting on bartenders this whole time. Nice. He offered no resistance upon arrest and even grinned when he recognized Brian Ford, the investigator who had arrested him in 2012. He spent 15 months in a Costa Rican jail before being extradited to the U.S. in May of 2005. At that time, he was charged with second-degree murder. 
which is second-degree murder is crazy. Right. He entered a plea agreement by pleading guilty to first-degree assault and unauthorized practice of a profession in an exchange for a 20-year prison sentence. Not long enough. No. I was able to look him up in the New York prison system. He's housed in the Cayuga Correctional Facility in New York. It, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. It's spelled C-A-Y-U-G-A. I don't know what that is. Cayuga? Cayuga? Ky- I Cayuga. Know. I think it's Cayuga. Okay. Um, so he is going to be eligible for, for parole on July 4th of 2022. Which we know if he gets out, he's just going to start practicing somewhere. Probably oh, yeah. in Costa Rica. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's a good point. I never even thought about that. Which maybe, I don't know, once you're out, can you get a passport? I don't know. I don't know those rules. He shouldn't be able to. He shouldn't be able to because they know exactly where he's going to go. Uh-huh. Yeah, if, I, had, I had read another article where he didn't want to leave Costa Rica. He didn't want to be extradited. He wanted to stay there because they were treating him so lovely. I'm sure they were. Right. Well, nothing against Costa Rica, but... No, I mean, I love Costa Rica. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure that they were being way nicer to him than the police in New York would be. Right. Um. Yeah. So, that's kind of sad. It is really sad. Um. I, I read a lot of articles on him since this happened, you know in the early 2000s and right now almost in 2020 um there's a lot of articles out on him and he was i mean he was a con artist right to many people like not even just patients like he had um wasn't he stealing like prescription pads too was that him or am i confused i don't remember reading that maybe not maybe not i might be getting might be getting my criminals mixed up we can't keep them all straight Um, but he was a super huge con artist to, I think he owed this boyfriend, Greg Bach, like, excuse me, not boyfriend, uh, partner, like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and he just has no remorse. No, no remorse. Mm-mm. It's really sad. Yeah. Really sad for Maria and her family. Mm-hmm. And they, I know her sister was a huge, like, you know, person like she came over once she was missing and really tried to find her and was fighting for her and and it took them so long to find her like what was it a a full year like a little over a year before they were able to even find her that's so sad that's so sad and so scary too when you don't know what's happened to your loved one right (sighs) and being in another country has to just make it even worse yeah i think yeah so well, that's our story on Dean that's Faiello. That's it for Dean Faiello today. And Natalie has a fun story to end with. Yes. Since we're trying to, like, end our sad stories with something funny. Yes. Um, so, Heather knows this story, but we <laughs> are labor and delivery nurses. And a part of our job is helping our patients breastfeed post-delivery. Yes. So, I had a lovely patient, and I was helping her breastfeed one day, or, you know, like, right after delivery. And I noticed that there was a what seemed to look like a head hair <laughs> laying near the baby's mouth. So I thought that I would help her out and just kind of get that away. Get that yeah. away. And it was not a head hair. It was attached to her body. And I tugged on her skin. And I'm sure it wasn't very comfortable. <laughs> did it? Did you pull it out? I didn't pull it out. I tugged <laughs> enough to see that it was tugging on her skin. And then I. You're like. A proceeded, then I proceeded to say, oh, I think someone's calling me. I got to go. <laughs> Let me drown right here. <laughs> I'm going to disappear. <laughs> Surprised to know when I did not get a gift from that patient. <laughs> Stop. Oh, my gosh. All right, guys. <laughs> 
All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Please let us know. Like, send us some wine recommendations and yes. send us your story, Rex. This this story came from a coworker. Thank you, Christina, for like yes. telling us about this story. I mean, this was all new to us, and it was great. We love this. Yes. So we're always looking for something that maybe nobody's talked about or heard about in a while. And also, we need some wine, Rex. Come mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Total Wine is a big place, but we want to know what you guys are drinking. Yeah, they've got a lot of stuff. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye.